We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indiana, home of Pacers basketball. Miller for three, and he got it. Legends have been born. Miller retreats to the three-point line and hits again. Memories have been made. Caliburn, a deep three for the lead. And baby! Great basketball has been played. Nembhard away. Hits the three and the In 49 states. It's just basketball. Flips it to the big fella, fake, shoots, and But this, this is Indiana. And you're listening to Setting the Pace. Let's go! Your go-to Pacers podcast. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. We got paces hooping. Let's talk stats. Hot takes. All fast. New topics. Updates. Three pointers. Fast breaks. We keep scoring. We don't need to stop. New episodes. Weekly drops. This your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop. Setting like the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. Setting the pace with Alex and Fachi. Alex and Fachi. Alex and Allison. What is going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to your go-to Pacers podcast and the Indiana Pacers. Take down the Bucks again, 142 to 130. That is now four out of five games they have defeated the Bucks. I don't want to hear any excuses from Milwaukee fans or Milwaukee in general. This was just a complete dominating series by the Indiana Pacers, and you absolutely love to see how they showed Milwaukee. They have zero fear of Nobody fears the deer anymore, at least not in Indiana. This Pacers team handled the Bucks. If you told me the Pacers were going to play the Bucks five times this year, I would say we're good for one win. We were, we were, we can get one, maybe two. The fact that the Pacers won four out of five against a Bucks team that only has ten losses on the year, and we've delivered them four. I mean, I still feel like I'm dreaming because the Pacers, every time you felt, okay, Milwaukee's going to be back for revenge. You know, they're, they're going to avenge our loss. We just played this team, and we beat them again, dropping 142 on the Bucks. I mean, wow, Alex. I, I'm still in disbelief. 
And maybe I just got to start believing that this Indiana Pacers team might really be hitting their stride and playing their best basketball right now. Yeah, I mean, no matter what you say, this is a personal rivalry. These guys do not like each other. It is chippy. And, and you can say what you want, but the fact that we saw Milwaukee so ready to play the Pacers when they visited after the in-season tournament game, they they came out there and they played like they were a playoff team that was looking to win a championship. And Giannis set a career high, and, and then he got mad, went after the game ball. And then the last two games, the Pacers have basically said, all right, that's fine. You, you beat us. We were tired. It was a long road trip. You know, they weren't playing their best basketball at that time. Change your defensive scheme completely and really just said, okay, let's see what you can do. They held Giannis to two points in the first quarter, Fachi. Couldn't believe it. Two points to Giannis in one quarter? That is the most shocking thing I've ever seen. I think it's more shocking than the fact that he got called for a 10-second violation in the previous game on Monday. I'm just saying, that was an impressive game plan from the Pacers, but we talked about it off-air, but that third quarter, Fachi, just talk me through that because the Pacers go on a barrage of points, dropping 47 points in the third quarter. Are you kidding me? I, I couldn't believe it. So Indiana trails by two at halftime, and I'm thinking we're in this game. We're in this game. And then we blew the game open. The Pacers end up, uh, after the third, they're up 16. They score 47 points on 74% shooting. I just felt like they were really getting everything they wanted, hitting their stride. I mean, Halliburton in the third quarter had six points, seven assists. I thought Matherin and Bruce Brown really came alive in that third quarter. Just everything went right for the Pacers, and they never had to look back. I mean, the closest it really felt like that Milwaukee was, was maybe trailing by, by 10 or so. It just felt that Indiana was in cruise control at that point. And across the board, this was a game that it was hard to find a, a category that the Pacers were, were slacking in. They just handled business, but that third quarter was everything. I mean, 47 points in one quarter against anybody, you would think that's going to get it done. 47 points against the Bucks is extremely impressive. Once again, the Pacers win the rebounding total, 44-42. to 42. They win the points in the paint battle, 64-60. to 60. Um and they ended up, you know, tying for three-pointers made, which I thought was a little bit shocking there. But the Pacers really just came to life in that quarter. And we have to talk about this because Bruce Brown made his return after missing, what, five-plus, six-plus yep. games, something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things where you're thinking, how is Bruce going to fit into this? And I, and I think I just saw on a post-game comment here that he has been playing through that bone bruise for three weeks. And, and it was pretty – you could kind of tell. He did not look normal. Something just kind of looked off with him. And when you're playing through a lot of pain like that, it's good that he ended up taking the rest that he needed because, like you said, that, that third quarter, three of four from the field for eight points, and he really delivered the goods in that quarter. You thought, how are they going to look without Nimhart in the starting lineup? And I thought Bruce Brown played really well in this game. And one of the things that I loved the Pacers were doing was continuously attacking Damian Lillard whenever he was involved in any type of one-on-one -on -one coverage. Just, you know, even though Bruce Brown might not be your best scorer, just being able to put your shoulder down and drive at Dame and make him defend. He's not very good at that. And then you have to go and look at the end of the third quarter because I think that's when things really started getting chippy. And Ben Matherin and Dame Lillard starts talking trash a little bit at the end of the third quarter. Dame shooting free throws. And him and Matherin are jawing. And Matherin's got this big smile on his face. 
you know, Matherin, one thing I will say, he is a gamer and he fears nobody. He actually, nobody. he thrives when he's in these kind of environments and the clock is winding down to end the third and Matherin hits a pull up three to give the Pacers a 16 point lead. I believe it was Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, 113 to 97 and him and him and Dame exchange words to end the quarter again. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you not love Ben Matherin? Ben Matherin is just a, a straight-up gamer, Fudge. He really is. And and that three was just such a momentum shift for the crowd. And going into that fourth quarter of just like, let's send the Bucks back to Milwaukee. I really felt like that was a, a statement three. And you got to love it. I think Matherin played you know just real well tonight. I think that... It was weird that I don't want to be too hard on him because obviously he's coming off of 13 rebounds, but it was not the same rebounding night tonight, but he was he was efficient scoring the ball, and you love to see that. The Pacers bench, I, I thought, delivered. I mean, you look at Milwaukee's bench, it's not even close. Their bench is so thin compared to what the Pacers have. And just speaking about the Pacers bench, Obi Toppin, I thought, had a, a really good first half. I know he finished with 15, 8, and 4, but in the first half, he had 12 points, six boards, four assists. I feel like he he was the leading scorer for the Pacers at the half. Just got them off to a good start, and just overall, I mean, set. You know, you got Buddy getting. You know, Buddy started the game a little bit rough. He came alive late. He ends up scoring ten. Just overall, the bench had a lot of contributions. Isaiah Jackson, rock solid. Um, that bench for Indiana is continues to be a strong point. Uh, for this team, and you look at the Bucks, and if Giannis doesn't have it going, I mean, it, it's it's tough for them. And on a night like tonight, Indiana had seven players scoring double figures. It was a collective effort. Just four baskets made by Giannis in the second half. That only it's one in the fourth. You know, he had seven points in the fourth quarter, but five of those came from free throws. Mm-hmm. And he goes five of eight from the free throw line, and you can live with that. I mean, I'm living with Giannis at the free throw line instead of him getting two feet away from the basket and dunking it. And there was times where he just looked like he was getting wore out. Like, he just looked tired. Did not not look like a guy that was ready to go and drop 60-plus points. So, Mm -hmm. um, But if we kind of take a step back, because that fourth quarter was a little bit worrisome because we knew the Bucs were going to chip away. And when you're a championship-level team, you can never kind of team out 15 points. We've seen that as nothing. In the NBA, especially when you got a guy that can get hot like a Damian Lillard. But another guy that can get hot in the fourth quarter uh, is an MVP candidate this year, and his name is Tyrese Halliburton. Five of nine, Fachi, in the fourth. Three of four from three. Fifteen of the Pacers' 29 fourth quarter points to really just put this game away for Indiana. It felt like every time Milwaukee was getting close and kind of closing the gap, here was another big shot by Tyrese Halliburton. Gets campaign switched on to him. Barbecue chicken. Hits the deep three and the and the foul, and and then just to top it all off, before he comes out of the game, he has a Magic Johnson esque pass behind the back to Miles Turner at the top of the key. Turner swishes and, and drills a three, and you're thinking, my you're thinking, oh my god, like what can this guy not do? He is a legit superstar, and I don't care what anybody says, this guy is a legitimate MVP candidate. He is putting the Pacers on his back. The Pacers, from top to bottom, do not have as much talent as some of these upper echelon teams do in the Eastern Conference. But Tyrese Halliburton raises the floor of almost every single player on this team, and his joy that he plays with 
it just it just gives so much confidence to the other guys on the roster. So I absolutely love the way that Tyrese closed this one out for the Pacers. I mean, we're so spoiled. It, it the performances that he's putting together. It's like I don't want to say we're taking him for granted, but he's doing it so often. It's like you expect it. Thirty-one points, twelve assists, zero turnovers. I mean, that was the sixth time this year he's had at least 20 points, 10 assists, and zero turnovers. He's in a class by himself when it comes to that. This man protects the rock like no other, and he spreads it like no other. And that that pass, that he's dribbling nonstop, the behind-the-back to Turner, that was, that was the nail in the coffin. That was the statement. That was the goodbye, Milwaukee, have a nice trip home type of, of, of play. We're going to see that on the highlights all season. I, I think that play, when I wake up tomorrow, that play better be everywhere. You better find that Sports Center top 10. It needs the coverage that it deserves. And yes, just the way that he's playing. I had tweeted out once once the Pacers were up by 10. I was like, oh, and, and when I say by 10, I mean only 10 in the fourth quarter. I was like, I'm starting to get a bad feeling about this. Milwaukee's coming back. What does Tyrese do outside of the timeout? He scores five quick points. Yep really distances the you know Milwaukee from from being a threat again and i just feel like it's time after time he hits the shots that gives you breathing room and on a night like tonight i mean we're saying this often because he's just doing this night after night but he had it going i mean he, the defense they're throwing everything they can at Tyrese and he's overcoming it time after time he had 3 blocks in yeah. this game our franchise player that, that often gets criticized for not playing up defense had three blocks. He's doing it all. I love what I'm seeing, and he's every bit of a superstar. And the only thing that fans can now say on Twitter is, well, he hasn't made the playoffs. That's not in his control yet. Give him time. He's young. He's not the whole team. He's now a franchise player who's going to take his team to the playoffs, and I can't wait for that to be eliminated off of his resume because this man is an absolute gamer. And if we want to go that route, we can even throw out that Giannis wasn't even an all-star until year four. Yeah, Tyrese I mean, was an all-star in year three, and, and, and Tyrese is an MVP candidate in year four, which Giannis was not. So I'm not trying to sit here and have a competition on who's better because obviously <laughs> we know Giannis has got a proven Giannis resume. Stud. Yes. But – it's uh, it's been quite an interesting turn of events for the Bucks. They don't know how to handle themselves being on the opposite end of getting dominated by Indiana. They're like, oh, the Pacers fans can enjoy it, you know? Okay, we will. Uh, yeah, we will. <laughs> someone, someone messaged or, or tweeted out and said, "Hope you enjoy this one victory after you know after they beat the Bucks on the road." I'm like, oh, that was three. Now they got this four. one. I enjoyed uh, all four of them yeah. very, very much. Yeah, I, am great. I happy to not have to play the Bucks again this season? Yeah, this felt like we just like. Played him in a playoff series, yeah. but at the same point, great test for the Pacers. They pass it with flying colors. Gentlemen sweep, Fachi. That's what we gave yeah. the Bucks. That is you know, true. Two on the road, or two at home, one on the road, and one in a, in a you know neutral site, mm-hmm. right? But hey, you, you got to give the Pacers credit. But a lot of a lot of guys we could talk about here. Obviously, I think that we need to just touch on Jalen Smith having a bounce back game after struggling in Milwaukee. Only played 19 minutes tonight because Obi Toppin played really well off the bench, and you know I think Obi's been still getting more minutes as of late over Jalen. But Jalen just five of eight from the field, which was great, 62.5 percent. Uh, only one of four from three, which you'd like to see that be a little bit better. But he was a plus 23 in this game tonight. 
and you can kind of feel how he was impactful. And I think he did a very good job of kind of building that wall to prevent Giannis from really, get, really getting going. So, you know, I, I think that it's not the perfect fit next to Turner with, with Jalen out there as the four, but I do think that there are some things that are, are good about it. And we, we, we've seen those on display since he's been put into the starting lineup. No, we have. And I, th- I think that Jalen, like you said, hey, big body who can rebound. I mean, he can obviously shoot. I know tonight was a great three-point shooting night. But Jalen brings a lot a lot of great qualities. And uh, I think that eventually this Pacers team will lose with this lineup. I don't think we're going to run the table and go undefeated with this lineup. But if we do lose a game eventually, which will happen, I don't think it's got to be, all right, you know what, make some changes. Change the lineup right now because whatever it is, we can't credit it directly to this new lineup because obviously, you know, Nemhard's been out and, and – you know, whatever factors it might be, um, it's been a boost. It's been a boost. I just think that it was what the Pacers needed to switch it up, get a little bit more chemistry going. And for now, I mean, they're they're hot right now. A five-game winning streak when we knew the schedule was getting tougher. I, I definitely would have thought we'd at least split with the Bucks. I did not think we would take both games, but also in the fashion that we did. I mean, last time scored 126 points. This time scoring 142. I mean, this is a, a Pacers team that was also coming off of a brutal shooting performance last time against Milwaukee. How do they respond? They shot just under 56% from the field tonight and 40% from three. They also got to the free throw line 34 times. They went 28 of 34. I just felt that you got a little bit of everything. Do you want to give up 130 points? No. But on a night like tonight, you can say, hey, you know what? We had it going offensively, and that's what matters most. Got the win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, three guys shot under 50%. Uh, T.J. McConnell shot 33.3%. Buddy Hill, 37.5%. And Obi Toppin, 41.7%. Everybody else shot 50% or greater. So you got to love that. Just a really nice balanced attack. 
And one of the things that I found interesting too tonight, Fachi, Buddy healed only 13 minutes in the rotation. And that's kind of been one of the things where we're like, I, I was getting text messages saying, pull Buddy out. And I'm like, what, what, what? Am I behind or something on my stream? Because I hadn't really seen what Buddy was doing in the fourth when they were sending this. And then, like, the next play, Buddy Hill drills that corner three. And I'm thinking, well, what, what, what did Buddy really do <laughs> that warned him being pulled out of the game? Maybe I missed something where he missed a defensive rotation or something. But I, I don't know. 13 minutes to me, like, that's not that many minutes for Buddy Hill. And if I would have told you at the beginning of the year, like I had talked about with my rotations playing Buddy about 13, you were like, there ain't no way. Well, we're kind of seeing it now. If they're trying to win, maybe you don't play Buddy Hill 32 minutes a night. No, and it makes sense. In the first half, he was 1-5. So it, it was it was a little bit ugly. I know he finished the game 3 of 8, so that obviously means he, he finished 2 of 3, you know, in the second hey, half. So Good. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah. No, got got the, the shots going. I think everybody really had it going on in that third quarter. But, you know, you obviously know you're not going to get stellar defense with Buddy Heald, so you hope the shooting's there. He was 0 of 6 against Milwaukee last game. Like I said, ends up, you know, finishing 3 of 8. So, Kind of got that together a little bit, but I, I do think moving forward, we're probably not going to see Buddy playing the same amount of minutes that we saw in the first 20 or so games. I do think it's going to be dialed back a little bit. And then what's going to happen when Nemhard and Bruce Brown are both in the lineup? I don't think that's going to equate to more minutes for Buddy Heald. I don't think he's ever going to be out of the lineup, but I do think, uh, yeah, there, there is a scenario now where we probably start to see him play under 20 minutes with a healthy Bruce Brown and Andrew Nimhard. It's going to be tough. I just, I don't know what they're going to do. I think Rick's hands are kind of tied at this point because I, I feel like McConnell at, at this point has done a pretty good job running that yes. second unit. And when they tried running Nimhard with that second unit, it did not look the same. It looked a little bit discombobulated. And I felt like McConnell just, you know, he got three assists, six rebounds. I mean, he just kind of makes some of the, you know, the small plays happen. Like we talked about it last game when he, you know, runs cross court to try to save that ball after Matherin had saved Tyrese's pass. You know, it was like a double save here. Ends up getting the foul on Middleton. Like, you know, not anybody else in this roster probably makes that play. Maybe no, Neesmith. Maybe Neesmith. Maybe. Exactly. That's <laughs> but, it. There's, there's no one other than yeah, Neesmith it, that you can even throw out there. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you know what? It's nice to have someone like that. But at the same time, like we can't discredit how good Nimhard was in that starting lineup. So, it's just tough. I, I really don't know who's going to be the guy on the short end of the stick here, but maybe it is a guy like Buddy Heald. I, I don't know if they're going to do that just because I think Buddy's floor spacing is huge. But the way Batherin has really played the last couple of weeks, I, I mean, even going back to when he had his, I think it was career high against Detroit. Was that what it was? It yeah, was I think so. Mm -hmm. And was that 33 win. Yeah. Or we like might know he had the career high against the Clippers when they lost. But Yes, yes, you're right. But he was really close uh, in Detroit. And so it's like, you're, you're seeing Matherin, I feel like, even since that Detroit game, really since the, the championship game against the Lakers, he has played pretty well, and he's starting to find a, a rhythm here with, with his new role. And coming off the bench hasn't impacted Matherin, where you thought maybe he might pout and be a little bit disgruntled because he's not starting and he's really trying to take that leap. But just the fact that he's able to come in there and just be chippy and continue to find ways to impact the game. Six and nine tonight from the field, two and two from three, talking trash, had 16 points, you know, I three assists. I mean, I'm really liking the way we're seeing Matherin play of late, and I'm very hesitant to include him in any trade this season. No, I, I just can't see a scenario right now that you'd want to give up on Matherin for a risk. If you're going to get a superstar back, okay, yeah, you can justify it. 
A player like Pascal Siakam for half a season with a risk? Absolutely not. So I, I feel like right now Matherin is coming into his own. He's actually shooting. I know it's it's less shots than last year because it's it's a little bit of a reduced role, but he's shooting better. I mean, coming into this game, he was shooting just under 46%. Last year, he shot just above 43%. We're seeing him shooting better from three-point land, nearly about 37% from three on the season. So he's starting to settle in and be a more efficient player. I think that everybody thought he would take a bigger leap, but he's doing more with less. And I think that right now, that's translating to winning. Because if he was doing too much, the Pacers might not be winning as much as they are. So I think that right now, when you talk about some of the players, like, you know, Andrew Nemhard playing well, Benedict Matherin playing well, you know, Bruce Brown, obviously, it's, it's been a little bit of up and down, but obviously this Pacers team needs more defense. For Buddy Heald, who's on an expiring contract, it, it doesn't look great. Now, I'm not saying that the Pacers are definitely trading him, but I'm also saying that it might not make a lot of sense to re-sign him when you yeah. have these players that are still young, under contract for far less money, and you are trying to maximize that cap space to go after a player that could push this team even further. So this is going to be an interesting stretch prior to the trade deadline for a guy like Buddy Heald who could see his minutes reduced and in the process actually could hurt his trade value. For sure. And, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Pacers do the rest of this homestand because they've got Atlanta, then they've got the Celtics twice, and then they've got the Wizards. So I think they can beat Atlanta and Washington, but they got to take care of Boston at home. If they can win those games against Boston, even split them, I would feel really good about this team heading on into the West Coast road trip. So they're just going to have to continue to take care of business. But I want to throw this out at you. I don't know if you saw this or not on Twitter, but StatMuse put out this tweet. They said, the last three teams to average 30-plus assists mm, per game in a season. 1985, the Los Angeles Lakers. 2017, the Golden State Warriors. This season, the 2024 Indiana Pacers. The first two won the NBA Finals. Now, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. <laughs> we are not a Finals team yet, but I will say this. The way that Tyrese Halliburton has elevated this team the way that he has ascended into the superstar-level conversation, I feel like the Pacers, within the next 10 years, could really be knocking on the door for contending for a championship as long as Tyrese continues to elevate his play. We are seeing a star in the making, and I'm not just saying that to say that. It, it, we are legitimately seeing a guy that is afraid of nobody. He fears no moment, and people that want to say, we just talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Somebody was saying he's not a clutch player. It's what ridiculous. he did tonight in the fourth quarter shows you how clutch that he actually is. And that's just a small small example of what he's done all season long. He's celebrating his sixth birthday, Fachi, this year. He, he turned year. six. I mean, he's the youngest star in the league. I, I just <laughs> feel like at this point, it's like you can't doubt him. Even Wally Zerbiak's eating his words saying it wasn't his finest hour. I mean, the people who doubted him, it's they, they look like clowns. So... For now, I feel like, yeah, this Pacers team, look, I tweeted out right above that tweet and saying, so you're telling me there's a chance because that is elite category to be in with the Warriors and the Showtime Lakers, NBA champions. But it's crazy because after beating the Bucks four times this year, it now makes you feel like, okay, well, if these teams match up in the playoffs, we'll have already played them five times, had great experience. I'm not asking for the Bucks in the playoffs but they look a lot less scary now if we happen to run into them 
than they did coming into this year. So I, I do feel like a team like Boston, to go back to your point, Boston, I believe, is still undefeated at home. They are a uh, – yes, they are. They are 16-0 and at home. We were able to beat them, you know, on the road. I think that made that – made, oh, for them. Uh, that made a big difference. Uh, but it, it's going to be a tall test beating them at home. But, look, guys, eventually the Pacers will drop a game. Don't drop your confidence in this team because the Boston Celtics are by far one of the elite teams in the NBA. But let's just throw this out there. The team that, you know, has the second best record of the East is the Milwaukee Bucks. So why not? Why can't the Pacers take down the Boston Celtics? We'll find out. We will find out. And this is a different team. I think that the Bucks are built a little bit differently than the Celtics, and I feel definitely. like the Celtics are definitely a tougher matchup. Now, I wanted to share this quote as we kind of wrap this up because Adrian Griffin in his postgame press conference said, um, at the end, Halliburton kind of got going and hit some deep threes, but overall, I think we did a pretty good job against him. Okay, kind of got going. What? <laughs> here, here, here's what Halliburton cooking. said. Halliburton said, "I started to make some shots. I can get a lot of shots I like against these guys. I felt like my six misses. A lot of them were good looks. <laughs> they honestly were. <laughs> some of them were heat checks. I just felt like it was just like he had it going on, and I just feel like even when it looks like Tyrese is going to have a bad shooting night." He somehow gets it together and gets back to 50%. And I saw something recently that was like, it was like no player has ever, you know, averaged like 20 points per game, 50% from the field and 40% from three. And it's just like he's in a league of his own of just doing these, these stat lines on a nightly basis that have never been done before or on a yearly basis. Last year... He, he became the first player to ever average 20 points per game, 10 assists, and then shoot 40% from three. It's just like he just continuously – and I messed up the stat line initially. It had 10 assists in there. Okay. Um, for, for, yeah. Um, but it's just like what he's doing for a point guard, it, it, it's just he's in a, a very, very elite company. I don't want to say by himself, but in a, a company with MVP type of players. So I just feel that – the sky's the limit, and the leap that he took from last year to this year, I don't want to say I was doubting him. I just didn't know how much further he could go. He's averaging four full points per game more, about mm. two and a half more assists than last year. I mean, he's shooting better from uh, the field, better from three-point land. Like He's getting in the free-throw line more. He's rebounding more. He's taking every part of his game to the next level. And it, at the same point, he's cut the turnovers down. How? How could this man just get better in every single statistical category of the NBA it, and it translates to wins? So it's just like, look at us, Alex. We have a star on the Indiana Pacers. Over the last four games, 66 assists to just four turnovers. It's crazy. That's insane. I don't know. I don't know what else you can say to that, but that is just absolute bonkers. And so um, I'm enjoying everything. I'm enjoying everything I'm seeing on Twitter. It is great to see people just enjoying the Pacers getting this win. And I'm loving all the Milwaukee fans in their fields tonight saying the Pacers are getting Boston Celtics like whistles against the. Oh my yeah. God. Like we didn't wow. sit there and watch Giannis shoot like 80 free throws this entire series. I mean, come yep. on now let's, let's be real about that. But 
overall, just a great game from the Pacers. And I feel like, you know, this team is playing great basketball ever since they kind of got their butts handed to them. Um, didn't play well against Orlando. I mean, they played okay, but they did not play very good against Orlando a couple of weeks ago. And since then, they've really started clicking. And I'm glad that Rick Carlisle did make that change. I'd be curious to hear Carlisle's thoughts on the defense tonight, just because they did give up 130 points. But, yeah, you know, he lot. was he was very adamant on the radio that he was unhappy with the Pacers' performance against the Knicks defensively and felt like they took a step back in that category. So, you know, they were able to, you know, get hot offensively against the Knicks, same thing against the Bucks. But that's the thing that's beautiful about this team is, like, while they're trying to improve defensively, they can still get it going offensively. Uh, before tonight's game, they were 10th in defense over the last four, I think it was four games, they were second in offense and fifth in net rating. So that just kind of shows you how well the Pacers have been playing as of late. And and it gets you excited because this is a team that's very deep, one through 10 in terms of guys that are getting into the rotation. So uh, uh, as a Pacer fan and as someone that talks about this team on the regular, a lot to be excited about. Lot to be excited. I'm having a blast. I I really am. I do not want this uh, winning streak to end. Alex, I'd say don't look now, but you know I had to look. The Pacers are currently tied for the fourth seed, <laughs> fourth in the East. Oh my! And it's it's January. This isn't one week into the season, so it's just like anything can happen right now. And it's like the fourth seed. Oh my man. We said, look, if you could be a top eight seed, that, that's a that's a real step forward. If you could be a top six seed, that is fantastic. But right now, it just feels like this team has the wiggle room to make a move. And when you look at Boston, you look at Milwaukee, those teams are built to win a championship. What Philly does, we'll find out. Who knows? Miami Heat feels like, you know, I don't see them making a bunch of changes on this roster. The Magic, who knows? But for the Pacers, it feels like you're seeing the success and the front office is going to say, hey, you know what? At any point, we're, we're ready to make a move. But for right now, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's let's continue to develop this chemistry and uh, and ride this out a bit longer. 10-7 and seven at home, 9-7 and seven on the road, but 9-2. and two. In the division, Fachi, which is huge. Only Ooh. one loss to Milwaukee and one crappy loss to Chicago. It's unfortunate. But... So I will say this. The Bucks have only lost 10 games this year, but 40% of those losses have come to your Indiana Pacers. And I think that's a great way to close this one out here. Just reminding the Bucks that 40% of their losses have come against the Pacers. With that being said, Fachi, tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at PacersPodSTP. Find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore FACCI. You can find us on Instagram at PacersPodSTP. You can find us on Facebook at Set the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Set the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast where you can find all of our video content. I want to thank you all so much for your support of this show. And if you like what you're listening to, please leave us a five star rating interview wherever you get your podcast with Fachi. If you're hoping the Pacers extend this winning streak to six games by taking down the Atlanta Hawks on Friday night, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers!
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.